Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Pels, you know, Joey or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podiman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, Stitcher, and apparently Podbean, uh, among many others, I'm sure, apps out there that you can listen to the podcast. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to the show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you. Once again today, the sun is shining in Minnesota, but unfortunately last night versus Winnipeg, not so much. We can beat we can beat good teams, we can beat really good teams, and then Winnipeg just seems to beat us up lately, all of a sudden, the last couple of weeks. Before that, we were beating up Winnipeg. That's kind of the history of the Winnipeg Jets. Isn't it, though? It's like somebody's kicking the other's ass, it feels like, one way or the other. It's fun when we get to be on the positive end, but we got to do that in the postseason. The only time we played them in the playoffs, it was 5-1 Winnipeg, or excuse me, 4-1 Winnipeg and 5 games, if more properly stated. Well, the Minnesota Wild played three games, went two and one, of course. So it's the old meatloaf, two out of three ain't bad. Yes, I'm going to say that over and over and over and over, two out of three ain't bad. But hopefully we get more in the future. <laughs> Definitely uh, the schedule finally. This time it really is busy. This time I mean it. Four games to preview. It is game off, game off, game off. Florida, Edmonton, Ottawa, Ottawa, and Toronto, Ontario. Of course, Carolina, Detroit, and Winnipeg Wild play very well against the Carolina Hurricanes. And we have some fun other topics to get to during the course of the show. And the wonderful, fun, entertaining fan interaction segment, which uh, I have Derek Fels going to thank for helping put those together. Really appreciate it with um, the retweets and encouraging people to jump on board and such. Really appreciate that. I also tried to get something going with the Boldy and Danny Heatley conversation. It didn't catch on too much on Twitter, but I'll still talk about it on this show today. No question about it. Quickly, though, let's get to the uh, Carolina game. As this show is going to evolve as there's more and more games, the game reviews won't be quite as detailed, but there'll be more and more topics. We'll kind of go more topical than just game, 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 because... That might make for some boring shows. It, it, it can, if I'm just kind of analyzing numbers and such, which, yeah, that's not always the best. But an absolutely great game versus the Winnipeg, uh, versus the Carolina Hurricanes, pardon me. The Wild did go up 3-1, to one, end up winning 3-2, to two, as Carolina did have a quote-unquote furious rally, as John Zelgat would call it. But the Wild hang on nicely in that one. 
Kevin Fiala continuing his hot streak as he started up a new one <clears throat> with a couple of points. That always feels absolutely great. The uh, Kirill Kaprizov 100-point watch is now at 108. Kirill Kaprizov is now at 108 points in terms of his pace for the season with 40 goals. He's on pace for 40 goals. Earlier in the season, that would have been unthinkable. So he just keeps getting better and better. Um, I believe the main reason for the Hamburglar trade, as of course Andrew, uh, Andrew Hammond was traded last week to the Montreal organization, Montreal Canadiens organization, was because I, I honestly believe it's to get Hunter Jones more, uh, more of a cement spot in the AHL. Being in the ECHL, uh, being in the ECHL was actually hurting him. So that's my belief there, particularly how the Heartlanders were playing. Uh, they, they'd been playing a little bit better, but generally speaking, they had not been playing well in front of him and others, and I think that can be a confidence killer to be giving up four goals a game in the ECHL. That's like, you know, that's game over if you're giving up four goals a game in the ECHL. Whereas uh, Hunter Jones is giving up less than three goals a game in the AHL. So go figure. Obviously more defensive uh, presence in the Iowa Wild versus the Iowa Heartlanders at the moment. It's a it's a crazy tongue twister. Minnesota Wild, Iowa Wild, and then <laughs> Iowa Heartlanders, Iowa <laughs> Wild. It's just okay. Minnesota and Iowa mixed in together with Heartlanders and Wild. It's weird. I, I think you get what I mean. Now there's two Iowas and there's two Wilds, and there's the, the other odd one that called Heartlanders. It's, yeah, it's funny, but. Um, Hunter Jones, though, I mean, obviously, I do believe he still has significant value in the organization, being he's 21 years of age only. He was the 59th overall pick in the 2019 draft. Um, there is something there with Hunter Jones, I believe. So I think that's the main reason for the Hamburger uh, trade. Again, like the nothing personal, it's business type of thing. And probably a bigger opportunity for Hamburglar, Andrew Hammond, to play in the NHL, as he did suit up for the uh, Montreal Canadiens, who unfortunately are the worst team in the league now after winning the Campbell Conference last year. It was a it was a revival of the Campbell Conference versus just the Western Conference. Yeah. Crazy to think the North Stars in Montreal actually used to be in the same division at one point in time. I believe it was the Adams Division, and then ultimately the Norris, before things changed completely into Western and Eastern Conference versus Campbell and Prince of Wales and all that good stuff. Um, the Greece line continues to do what they've been doing, but of course, again, a crappy game against... Winnipeg made everybody look bad, ultimately, especially Fiala in that one. Uh, Matt Boldy, obviously, we'll get to that very shortly. Extremely exciting, I, I do believe, uh, Matt Boldy. I think there's really something there with him. Um, Fiala is back at it with a goal and assist and other multiple opportunities versus Carolina. He looked absolutely great. Uh, the only game he looked bad in was Winnipeg, having <laughs> turning the puck over and such. There's a, just a terrible play uh, late in that game, which kind of helped seal it for the, the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Frederick Goudreau getting his fifth goal. Kirill Kaprizov to number 20. Of course, again, another great week for Kirill Kaprizov. Uh, the whole Kaprizov-Zuccarillo, Kaprizov-Zuccarillo. That's never going to stop. It, it's a beautiful thing. It's fun. Everybody loves it. How can you not love it? Because it's beautiful stuff. Uh, speaking of Matt Zuccarillo, he's on pace for 87 points. 87 points. Did, did you hear that? Should I say it one more time? I think you got it. That's a big number. Uh, 87 27 goals also to go with his 60 assists, which would be his, uh, again, that would be his, um, that's what he's on pace for, and of course would, would shatter his career high. He's already got 48 points, him being matches a Carrillo in only 39 games, well over a point a game. He's a plus 23. Unbelievable run for Matt's Zuccarillo. Uh, even 48 points. It seemed like yesterday, 48 points for Zuccarillo 
would have been like that's 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 not bad you know that's not bad for oh my god what is going on screw you <laughs> ads popping up career high was 61 otherwise he's had two 59 point seasons and a 49 pointer and a th uh, 53 pointer already a career high with minnesota 37 in his first year where he had that nasty wrist uh, situation still lingering after the broken arm and 35 last season which was much better much more efficient in only 42 games so obviously there was something going on there but this season Good God. Uh, there's a reason why they're having fun with those commercials and such. Uh, obviously, there's something there. Zuccarillo and Kaprizov are just making each other into superstars. And it's girls. beautiful. Stop it. Idiotic. <laughs> it's the Yeah, it's just a look at the projected thing. And it pulls up this ad that makes sound. Which, yeah, thank God for mute buttons, I guess. Shh. Apologize for that. But I'll leave it on the show because it's funny, I guess. I guess it's funny. Maybe you think it is. You jerks. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Kevin Fiala is still in pace for a career high, again, which is great. Brian Hartman, of course. His career high is like done, done deal there. Drew Eck, I got to think he's on pace for such a wonderful thing as well. 47 points. Yep, 27 goals. Not not bad. You know, so 30 is possibility. I think 25 is an absolute likelihood for Jules Eck throughout his career. Um, and the, the passing skills are there. They're just, they're, they're, they're there in the position of center. You're going to get some assists by default in a lot of ways. But again, even though the center position is quite different than it used to be, as Bill Guerin reminds us about that on a, on a frequent basis, and understandably so. And that's good that he knows that type of thing, that he's focused on that. A lot of us might still be thinking the center is kind of like the playmaker. Yeah, they can be, and they often are, but not always. <laughs> when you got guys like Zuccarello and Kaprizov, for the proof, it's not always the center. Center has a little different role at times. Obviously, strong defense, but of course, can attack up the middle as well for a goal. Cam uh, Talbot, very strong performance versus Carolina. Stopped 37 shots. Absolutely great. Frederick Anderson, obviously one of the best goalies in the league. But it just wasn't his night as the Wild scored early against him uh, and got a 3 nothing lead, which wasn't easy to catch up to, and ultimately the Wild ended up finishing the job, despite Shvechnikov able to score, uh, being able to score two goals in the game against Minnesota, which had us a bit worried against an extremely talented Carolina Hurricanes club who could meet us in the Stanley Cup Final. You never know. You never know. Maybe both of us second-place clubs will be in the Cup Final. A lot like the Rams in Cincinnati, that kind of thing. <laughs> Maybe it'll be like that, where it's not necessarily Colorado versus you know, like uh, Florida in the cup final, you know, the top teams, you know, all the time, like a Kansas City versus Green Bay, you know, something like that. So, funny way to look at that, but <laughs> it's not always what you think it's going to be, like a Tampa or something. Um, but a nice finish for Minnesota, hopefully. That's a sign. Uh, the Wild have obviously had a fantastic record against Eastern Conference teams. We've actually lost one game in regulation against the East this season, which is great. And considering we didn't play the East at all last season, no rustiness there. The Minnesota Wild continue to roll over Detroit. A 7-4 demolition. Whereas in the past, this game might have gone the opposite direction. A 7-4 demolition in favor of Detroit, because they scored two goals very early in the game, which was like, what the hell is this? What's going on? Obviously, Dylan Larkin's a great player, but it's like... Dang, it's two nothing already. This is this is this is this is not good. We're gonna start panicking. We're gonna start freaking out in the Mike Yo or even in the Boudreaux era. And the Wild ended up losing five to one, something like that. Five to two, seven to four. <coughs> Just kidding. Instead, things changed very dramatically. As you're gonna you're gonna hear about two hat tricks on this show, one good and one bad. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Mr. Shively is kind of spoiling the party a little bit. 
second time around with a natural hat trick. This one was not natural because Kirill Kaprizov had the gall to interrupt Matt Boldy's hat trick. Damn it, Kirill. Just kidding. And when you when you see the name Lindstrom on Detroit, it's like, what the heck is is there a relation? Is is there a relation? And no, there isn't. There's no relation to Nicholas Lindstrom, unfortunately. That would have been really cool. Defenseman on Detroit, Lindstrom scores the goal. Oh my God, Nicholas Lindstrom is back. No, he's not. <laughs> he he started playing 29 years ago. So, no, he's not. <laughs> Great player though. Man, what an amazing defenseman Nicholas was. Of course, they're both from Sweden. And we have our Nicholas Lidstrom on the wild with the Jonas Bergeen there. A Dylan Larkin, a guy I would love to have as a center in Minnesota. That's a number one center. Uh, obviously, there's always good players like that, even on teams that aren't so hot right now, like Detroit. Though Detroit is getting better, and they do have Steve Eiserman leading the way, just like he did on the ice years ago. Helped uh, Tampa Bay become a Stanley Cup contender. I think he deserves a couple, I think he deserves uh, both of those rings as, as well to go with the other general manager with the Tampa Bay after leaving there. <laughs> but obviously, uh, Detroit should be back rolling again and not too long from now. They're, they're not the dead things anymore, but the Wild made them look like that. And Matt Boldy, who I've been comparing to Danny Heatley, and I'm talking about the real Danny Heatley, before all the injuries and before this and that, because obviously he just got more and more banged up, and by the time he came to Minnesota, Danny Heatley was well past his prime. Uh, at a fairly young age still, fairly young age. He's in his 30s, but he just wasn't the same guy. Still very productive in his first year in Minnesota. He did lead the Wild in scoring. But remember back then, Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarillo <laughs> weren't, weren't on the roster back then. Neither were, uh, you know, I mean, obviously by the time Parisian Suter came, who were just spectacular scorers, right? No, I'm kidding. They're good scorers, but uh, not like, uh, yeah, not like Kirill Kaprizov. Um... Danny Healy was at the end, basically, at that stage. Um, but Boldy is reminding me of Danny Healy, a guy who could get 80 to 100 points in this league uh, with with his reach, his, his release on the puck. He'll, he'll kind of lull you to sleep a little bit, a little bit, but his release on that puck, on, on his shot, is unbelievable. Uh, he, he reminds me of Danny Heatley. Uh, not sure if it's a spectacular comparison. I try to get things going. We'll see how much generated... Over the course of time, I mean, I think I, I mean, I got at least one response. It might have more than one, hopefully. It was mostly just likes. Like, oh, yeah, I agree. That's basically all it was with no response, unfortunately. But a hat trick for Matt Boldy. Kirill Kaprizov, of course, interrupted it, but we're totally fine. It was just an overall wonderful feeling that left everybody. It, it just gave everybody a sweet <laughs> taste in our mouth, obviously. And it wasn't just the chocolates on Valentine's Day, because this was Valentine's Day. <laughs> with, uh, Matt Boldy getting a hat trick, Kirill Kaprizov with multiple goals. I mean, it's just, you just sit there, you just put your feet up, you just sit back, put your feet up like this, and you're just like, oh my, you know, the future here is so bright. It is so bright. Not only do you have Kirill Kaprizov, but now this other guy that might have been included in a trade for a Jack Eichel or some other, you know, big shot, so to speak, in the last two years is here, and he's legit. He's legit. He's already over a point a game, just like he was in the AHL, just like he was in college after his, the first half of his freshman year. He just continues on the same pace he's been at since the second half of his freshman year in college, and it's just unreal. Makes you feel like a million dollars. And then, oh, by the way, Kirill Kaprizov, too. <laughs> oh, remember that guy? Yeah, Kirill Kaprizov. It just makes you feel so good. And you still got Marco Rossi, who wasn't even, you know, he suited up just for a few games, and you saw a lot of positive little signs of him where he can force turnovers and such and obviously create great scoring chances. Marco Rossi. <clears throat> he just feels so good. And you have all these 
wonderful defenseman in the grapevine who unfortunately might be used as trade chips because it's getting to a point you're going to have to at, uh, at some point because of the fact is you have long commitments to the Brodines and the Spurgeons of the world. Dumbo, we haven't officially committed to yet again. Uh, we did a couple of years back. Now it's time to again or make a trade to free up cap space, cap space pardon me, to keep Kevin Fiala. After the well, after the way he's been playing with Matt Bowley, I think you want to do that. And then the Winnipeg game made you think, oh, maybe not. <laughs> but no, I'm just kidding. Everybody's going to have bad games. But, I mean, the chemistry with Boldy and Fiala is a beautiful thing. It's funny how Fiala only wound up with one assist in the game. No goals, of course. Um, Boldy with four points. Absolutely sick. Shaminy uh, Christmas. He just felt so damn good. I believe it was on one of Kaprizov's goals when Boldy got the assist, if I remember correctly. And again, the hat trick, it was one of those weird, like, situations where, was it was it Boldy? Was it Boldy? Because there were no hats, so people were like, what the heck? And then it wound up happening. Uh, it was from, uh, yeah, Boldy was the first assist to Jewel Eriksenek on the power play. As What a nice power play. I mean, Jewel Eriksenek, Boldy, Kaprizov. Woo, woo, woo. Man, what a nice power play that is. That's a nice group of guys right there on the power play. Spurgeon, Zuccarillo, Boldy. Mm-mm-mm. To go along with Kaprizov and Ek. What a nice group. That's exciting. It's exciting. Absolutely great. And Hartman's been on the power play, of course. Depends on the situation, obviously. As you get to, you, you switch guys on the power play units here and there. Fiala's on the second group. But an absolutely fun, awesome moment. Dumbo's, of course, been on the second power play unit with a powerful shot. He's got to at least be on one of them. But this game, again, left you feeling like a million dollars as a fan of the Minnesota Wild. Hartman was able to get his 19th goal very late in the game as well. Oh, man, 7-4. to four. And then and then it's just like always. Like always, the, the other shoe drops, at least for one night. And then the schedule gets pretty tough with Florida. And then having to go to Edmonton, that can't be easy. Can't be easy, but we'll see. There's always a fun phenomenon with Edmonton and Minnesota, depending on which team is playing well and not. And Ottawa will, you know, yeah, could be a trap game. Toronto's not going to be easy. And Calgary is beating everybody like seven to nothing or something lately. I mean, it's like six to two, six to three. Uh, we'll preview them next week. Unfortunately, it's not this week. But my God, have you been noticing? You know, when you go on say ESPN Plus to look at all the games and such, you know, maybe you want to watch them live. Which I always like to check out the Calgary Flames because they have the coolest uniforms in the world. And it's like six to one. It's it's four to one every single night lately. Calgary has been playing insane hockey. If this was May, Calgary is going to win the Cup. Calgary wins the Stanley Cup. There's no question. And you know what? They have the pieces to do it. When you have that good of a goaltender and that many good scorers on the roster, of course they have the pieces to do it. Let's say, but unfortunately, like a couple of years back when they had that great record and they lost right away to Colorado. Mm. Let's move on to the freaking Winnipeg game. Nobody wants to talk about it. Screw this crap. Nobody wants to talk about it. 6-3 to three loss to Winnipeg. And to think, we were up one nothing after the first period, Minnesota. And we looked kind of sloppy, but not that bad. It just wasn't that exciting. Like, neither team was standing out all that much. And then Scheifele went to work. Scheifele went to work with a natural hat trick. Goal 15, 16, 17. And they all looked kind of easy. So players out of position. Just unable to keep up with the puck movement and such. And Mark Scheifele was able to kick some butt out there. He was able to score on the power play once. And then, of course, Blake Wheeler with, was it, what did he get, four assists in the game? Absolutely crazy. As, uh, obviously, he's missed a lot of time the last couple of years. But when he's healthy and ready to roll, he is one hell of a tough, he's one hell of a, an awesome player. 
again, four assists on the night for Blake Wheeler. He's the Zuccarillo right now for Mark Scheifele, at least in this game. Scheifele had a boldy type of one, uh, a night with three goals and one assist. Oh, man. Every time you thought the Wild were back in it, Winnipeg would answer. It was just that kind of game. It was like every time you plug up this hole, another one pops open. Uh, it was just it was just kind of a sinking ship type of night for Minnesota. Four goals in a row for Winnipeg. And whenever you have something like that, it's just, I don't know, it just gives me a sour taste in my mouth, like an old memory with the Gophers and Union in the National Championship game. Gopher men's, of course. Uh, National Championship game 2014. Frickin' Union scores four goals in a row. And it's just like, you're just left like shell-shocked. Like, this can't be happening. This can't be happening. We were up 2-1, to one, you know, in, in that game, and we're down 5-2. It was so it was so painful. <sighs> but, yep, four goals in a row usually spells loss, and this absolutely did. 4-1 uh, to one Winnipeg. Cole Perfetti tipping the puck, redirecting it, just like Jules Erickson-Eck redirect the Spurgeon shot earlier. Zuccarello, obviously, nice release after a gorgeous pass from Kirill Kaprizov as he was just kind of, he kind of lunged the puck forward the way he moved it to Zuccarello for his 15th goal of the year. And Hartman managed to get an assist, so thank you. He was able to get a little little sip of that coffee there. Zuccarello got most of the cup on that one with the goal. Ulikov was also able to score in the game. We're happy for him. Uh, Kyle Kyle O'Connor, no, Kyle O'Connor's goal, pardon me. I'm thinking about Kevin O'Connell now, Minnesota Vikings head coach. Yes, from the Los Angeles Rams offensive coordinator position. Kyle Connor. Oh, boy. Fiala. Fiala. Double whammy on Fiala. He was a minus four in the game. He was a minus four in the game. It was one of those where uh, <laughs> Dean Evison probably benches him. You know what I mean? It was that kind of game. Oh, boy. At least uh, at least overall with the, four, the minus four. Some of it was bad luck, but this play was horrible. The Wilds still had a chance down four to two. With 10 minutes remaining, of course we still have a chance. Fiala with a weird turnover, just kind of an awkward release on the puck. Merrill backs up, obviously to be ready for a possible odd man rush, because if he went forward, it's like two on nothing with a poor uh, Talbot left out to dry. And <laughs> Fiala, unfortunately, commits too much, and next thing you know, you know, he committed too much to Cole Perfetti. Perfetti, part of Cole Perfetti. And Kyle Connors wide open all by himself. One-on-one one with Talbot ends up finishing. Ugh, what was going on? That was like the kind of mistakes Dumbo used to make where he'd commit too much to the wrong player. And, you know, it's... What do you... I mean, when you already have John Merrill on uh, Cole Perfetti and you leave Kyle Connor wide open. So that was a nasty, nasty play. Bad moment for Kevin Fiala at the end of the day. And Paul Stansley would end up finishing with an empty netter to make it 6-3 again later. Much to our chagrin. Like, so much for the uh, extra man on the ice. As that kind of got uh, derailed a bit last time we played Winnipeg, and it got derailed again. We got the extra man. We got the extra man. We're unbelievable with the extra man. Was it like 13 nothing or something for a while there? So much for that. that that's kind of down, down down in the dumps, at least against Winnipeg. Hopefully we can get that uh, rekindled again in the future. 6-3 to three loss, of course, as Kevin Fulness would say, oh, just flush this one out. Yeah, obviously you don't want to dwell on it, but it still sucked. It still sucked <laughs> at the end of the day. And it's okay to say it sucked. It doesn't make you a bad fan. And if you think I'm a bad fan for saying that, whatever. <laughs> With that said, any other topics to empty out the notebook here before we get into the previous segment? Oh, yeah, when Kaprizov was hitting the nose with a stick uh, in the... I keep thinking Florida, but it's Carolina. Trucek was is not on Florida anymore. He's in Carolina. It was traded. 
Uh, you could clearly see Kaprizov say, fuck you. Okay, I didn't mean to say the word, but I said it now, so I apologize. <laughs> I try not to swear on this show, but you could read his lips. It was perfect. It was, it was like, okay. Next thing you know, about a minute later, <laughs> Kaprizov was punching Kerchak in the nose. <laughs> on a stoppage of the play, on a stoppage of play. It was like, this This is really something. Um there was an unbelievable back and forth between uh, Zuccarillo and Kapriz- uh, Kaprizov in two full rotations. That was on Kaprizov's 20th goal of the season. Uh, he, uh, just his release, Kaprizov's release on that puck was insane on that play. It was like a double back, it was a double give and go basically with Kaprizov and Zuccarillo, kind of back and forth, back and forth, just like with the coffee cup. And then Kaprizov drank the coffee in that one. It was a beauty, um, absolute beauty. Pardon me, that was the Detroit game. Yep, I got it mixed up because I was stuck with the uh, Carolina game. Yep, that was the 21st goal of the year. I have it written down, 21st goal of the year. So apologize for that silliness. Again, um, I believe that's, yeah, that, that empties the notebook for the time being, obviously. Uh, so the Mike Madonna award winner for this episode is going to be Matt Boldy with the hat trick and just overall great play. It continues to look like a Danny Heatley type of player, Danny Heatley level where he could get to 80 to 100 points throughout his career on a regular basis, and I freaking hope so. The future looks so bright. The James Shepard Memorial, I, uh, I don't want to give it to Fiala, but it was a pretty nasty game. I mean, minus four, he looked he didn't have a good game against the Winnipeg Jets, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to him. I don't mean it in a bad way. Obviously, he had some wonderful games. He did not have his best week, though. Hopefully, uh, it's a better one for Kevin Fiala. So he will bring in the uh, James Shepard Memorial for this. With that, we got four games to preview, so we better get moving. to get to the four games we got a preview, including the Florida Panthers with Andrew Burnett, who have the best record in the league right now, 33-10-5. 33-10-5. Awesome overall season for them. As they were playing just fine under Quinn, but unfortunately things had to go the direction they did. Again, first place in the Atlantic Division. This will be an XL Energy Center, thankfully. Chase Prisky, undisclosed injury. Maxim Mamine, uh, Mamine that's interesting. Maxim Mamine, undisclosed injury. Oli, uh, Joe Levy, yeah, Joe Levy, undisclosed injury. All right, well, I guess sounds like 007's at work here, I guess. Uh, okay, Matt Dumba, of course, lower body injury. Uh, yep, unfortunately, that was before the game with uh, Detroit Red Wings, uh, or after, actually. Uh, Nick Bukestad still, of course, with the most likely broken finger. We'll see, but I'm guessing it's just about healed by now. He'll be back pretty soon. Florida game was postponed earlier in the season in Excel Energy Center, and now this will be the season wrap-up. Florida had defeated the Wild 5-4 to four back in November, if I'm remembering the date correctly. Florida's 4-1 and one in their last five. Wild, of course, 3-2 and two in our last five. Florida's number one in the league in goals. The Wild are third, so even evenly matched in a sense, but Florida's, like, I guess they do have 25 more goals than the Wild this year. Wow. Goals against Florida's kind of in the middle, despite their expensive goalie. 
They're tops in the league in assists. So they're tops in goals and assists. So basically they have the best offense in the NHL. Shooting percentage, the Wild is number one. Florida's fifth. That's not an important stat necessarily, but it is kind of cool. Number one in the league, and Florida's right there too. Power play and penalty kill are both interchangeable. The Wild are worse in the power play, 14 and 15. 15 for Minnesota. 16, we're like right on top of each other. 16th in penalty kill, we're one place higher than Florida. 16, 17, so it's kind of upset in that sense, and both teams are bad in the penalty minutes, both in the 20s, but the Wild are terrible at 29th, still undisciplined to say the least. Pittsburgh Penguins, Hoppy, State of Hoppy, Scott, from Soda Pod, who we've been collaborating with and such. We'll talk about that some more in a minute. You know, those have been fun little episodes. I'm sure you've been seeing them pop up. Uh, obviously, they come up like the day after, usually, uh, uh, this show, because I let this show bleed out first. But it's been a cool collaboration, so I guess I did just talk about it. Uh, his club, Pittsburgh, where'd they come from? They're back to being super good again. 31-11. and 11. We'll be playing them at some point coming up here. They're only one point behind the Florida Panthers, but unfortunately for them, Florida's got two games in hand, so nan nan and boo-boo, I guess. The Eastern Conference, Jiminy Christmas, those top four teams are dangerous. All four of them. <clears throat> and don't look now, but Car uh, Calgary, pardon me, is second place right now in the Western Conference with Minnesota, St. Louis, we're all pretty close, and then Colorado's way, way ahead of everybody. They have the best record in the league, pardon me, with only nine losses. Let's get to Florida. Florida, Sergei Bobrovsky, well, his numbers aren't that bad. They're better than like last year when there was like three goals a game and they're giving him how much and they signed him for how long? Come on. Come on, Florida. I thought you had Spencer Knight. I thought you had Spencer Knight to lead your way. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but 2.54 goals against average. A single shutout. Spencer Knight is the other goalie at the moment, which is good. Save percentage of 92. Bobrovsky's been good, but the whole team's been good as well. Spencer Knight, obviously. Uh, not off to a great start, but he's still 9-6 and because he's got a great offense in front of him. Over three goals a game for Mr. Knight. And a save percentage under 90, just barely. Huberdeau's a superstar. A lot of us would like to have him on Minnesota. And a lot of the guys that were struggling in other teams like Buffalo and Calgary, Sam Reinhart, Sam Bennett, both of the Sams that were struggling are having great seasons, quite frankly. Sam Bennett's not getting a whole lot of assists, but he's got 21 goals, which is second on the club. To only Barkov with 22 goals on the season for Florida. Anton Lundell, the guy we all didn't want. We didn't want him, damn it. We didn't want him. We want Rossi. We want Rossi. We want Rossi. Might end up being the right pick, but Anton Lundell is playing really well. <laughs> Rhyme not intended, but it happened. He's a plus 26, which is top. No, second on the team to uh, Aaron Ekblad. Blad, pardon me. Um, Florida team, they're just, it's just the right mix. It just is the right mix, you know? <laughs> <clears throat> Lindell with already 32 points on the season in 44 games, 22 assists on the year. Lindell looks awesome. He looks awesome with Florida, and everybody's impressed so far. Sam Bennett, again, 21 goals, but his point total is low because only nine assists. Sam Reinhardt is number two on the club in scoring. Remember Sam Reinhardt of the Buffalo Sabres, a highly touted player that was drafted, you know, he was drafted high in the draft, but didn't do a whole lot with Buffalo. He's a point-a-game player in Florida. 45 points, 45 games, 17 goals. Mm. It's working out. It's working out. It's that simple. Uh, it's been awesome, to say the least. I obviously love what the uh, Florida Panthers are accomplishing in a lot of ways. And when you look at the math, Florida versus Montreal, 48-point difference. I don't even know if that's humanly possible. Absolutely awesome, awesome, awesome job by the Florida Panthers. <clears throat> Apologize, I'm getting kind of... Weird feeling from the creepy person upstairs. <laughs> creepy, to say the least. 
likes to complain for a living. That's all. You, you know the type. There's a billion people like that out there. They just complain for a living. Okay. That's the way you want it. That's the way you're going to get it. The end of the day, I'm debating should the Wild be able to beat this club. I think we will. Uh, I like the way we've been playing against Florida. In fact, they are the Eastern Conference team we lost to, which is, well, it's Florida. I think the Wild win this game. I think we step up and play better after having such a terrible loss to the Winnipeg Jets. Would hate to get into a losing streak here, especially heading into Edmonton and such and Toronto next week. So I think the Wild do get the victory. It's going to be a close, higher-scoring type of game, like 5-4, to four, similar to last time around, but the Wild come out on top. Most likely guy to score in the game. Let's go with Matt Boldy. He's going to get another one after he didn't have any points last night. Matt Boldy will score again in this game, but the Wild, and the Wild win 5-4 to four in a close one with, uh, I believe, Cabo Kakinen in that. Maybe you don't want to put Talbot in back-to-back, -back, but who knows? Who knows what the thought process is here? Maybe you just want to get Talbot uh, back out there after a bad game to kind of clear things up, but I don't know. I, I'd probably put Kakinen in just for the just for the sake of mixing things up, I guess. With that said, so let's keep moving again. Edmonton Oilers, obviously, nice to see them playing well again after a... <laughs> A great start to the season, then a massive drop-off. They fire Tippett, who I think is a is, is a bummer, because I like Tippett a lot. He's a really good coach. I think he's underrated. And when I saw Tippett in Edmonton, I thought it would be a perfect match with that great offense, great offensive studs, and you know a defensive-minded coach. I thought it would be a perfect fit. And it looked like it for a minute there. And things just kind of kept getting worse and worse. Minnesota defeated Edmonton 4-1 to earlier this season. We had a game postponed, like we had every Canadian game postponed at least once. This one will be in Edmonton in the final match of this uh, of this season series. It'll be in Excel Energy Center on Tuesday, April the 12th. So, yep, it'll be Edmonton dominated in terms of home home. Edmonton is two, or excuse me, yeah, it's three and two in their last five. They beat LA. They lost. Uh, they let's go backwards. Uh, they lose four nothing to Vegas, four to one to Chicago. I believe that's about when Tippett was let go, unfortunately. And with the Islanders, three and one victory. Three to nothing win over San Jose. Nice, five to five to two win in Los Angeles for Edmonton. Twelfth in the league in goals despite such great uh, stars at the top. They were higher up earlier in the season, but again they had such a drop off during the course of time. Power play is third in the league, which was number one earlier in the season. So their power play is definitely way better than Minnesota. Penalty kill is inferior, which isn't too surprising at the end of the day. But uh, obviously not good in goals against twenty second with uh, mediocre goaltenders in the net. Kyle Turris, who's been all over the place. Undisclosed injury on Feb 10th. Zach Cassian, fractured jaw, yikes, on the 9th of February. And Duncan Keith, the old wily Chicago uh, Blackhawk veteran defenseman, <laughs> yeah, with a concussion as of Feb the 9th, unfortunately. Drysiddle and... Yeah, we got Drysdale and McDavid, of course, both tied in overall scoring. Where Drysdale has 33 goals, which leads the the league pretty much. Both these guys are at the top of the whole league in scoring. Ryan Nugent Hopkins at 35 points, 28 assists on the season. Amazing run for those guys, though. Uh, and earlier in the season, of course, we all remember uh, Drysdale having the exchange with the uh, the media member, the reporter in Edmonton, there uh, asking why are you so pissy, and Drysdale was like, "I'm not pissy." Ugh. Because he was just kind of like giving a you know half-assed answers basically was Drysdale. Um, they started playing better after that, and then they started dropping off again, and then Tippett was gone. So it is what it is. Edmonton, we'll see how dangerous they are. 
They certainly have been lately. They're only four games, behind, uh, four points behind Vegas, so two games in hand. And they are seven points behind Calgary for the division lead in the Pacific. As that's how good Calgary's been. I mean, they deserve to be in first place the way they're pounding everybody lately. So they're ahead of Vegas with two games in hand. Impressive run by the Calgary Flames. I, I can't wait, wait to play them. Uh, Daryl Sutter led Calgary Flames. Can't wait. It's going to be fun. We get to finally talk about the Flames again on this show. <laughs> Koskinen and Smith give up goals. They just do. Three goals a game each, basically. Minnesota, we always play well against Edmonton when they're good, and then we always slack off and lose to them when they're bad, particularly in the uh, Parisi Suter era. It was all the time. Those nasty matinee games and guys like Darnell Nurse, you know, who didn't score much at the time, would have a big goal and kill the Wilds' chances. I don't want to be over-the-top optimistic. But, I mean, we have to lose one or two of these games, Edmonton and Florida. <sighs> Maybe we don't win this one, unfortunately. Maybe we don't win this one, like McDavid, Drysdale, all that good stuff. It's going to be like 3-2. to two. No, not going to be 3-2, to two. like 4-3, to 5-3. to three. Maybe empty net type of situation. Edmonton wins the game, believe it or not. But I think we'll win the season series in April at the end of the day. But, uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to sweep the Edmonton Oilers, even though you'd hope we would. But, I don't know. This, maybe this is just the time where we don't beat them, basically. Uh, the most likely guy to score in this game will be Ryan Hartman, but the Wild end up not winning the game in Edmonton. Let's keep moving, if humanly possible, to play the Ottawa Senators. Because if I pick the Wild to lose to Ottawa that I'm not a true fan, right? That would be bad. <laughs> right now, November the 20th, uh, I just called it November, February the 22nd is the month is just flying by again. Ottawa's putting some nice players together. Things are getting better there, but it's still not still not there yet. Still got a ways to go. Anton Forsberg has some moments. He's the goalie, Matt Murray. Undisclosed injury is of the 15th, so we'll see what happens with him. There's a good chance we'll see Forsberg in that in this one. Thomas Chabot, upper body injury left game on the 13th. Josh Norris, shoulder, that's never good, on the 27th of January. For the Ottawa Senators, they're in the 20s in almost everything. In fact, yes, except penalty kill, they're 12th. That's their strongest point. Everything else, they're like 26th, 22nd, 29th in assists. Um, it's pretty crazy. Penalty, penalty minutes, even they're not good. Minnesota barely beat this club because we were kind of struggling at the time, and then we had to beat the we had to beat somebody, so we won in overtime versus Ottawa. It was pretty frustrating as the Wild were playing like crap at the time. This is only the second of two games for the whole series. As we'll wrap up the series as we had a postponement about a month and a half ago. It's been a while. Mount several weeks ago where we were going to play Ottawa pretty close together. We'll end up playing them now on the 22nd, which is totally fine. Ottawa is 2-3 and three in their last five. They beat Carolina on the 8th. Impressive. 4-3. to three. Shut out by Pittsburgh. Shut out by Boston. Ouch. That would suck to have back-to-back -back games. And then we, and we, we, not we, Ottawa, beats Washington in the nation's capital. Pretty good Capitals club. 4-1. to one. Impressive. And then 5-2 lost to a, a nice St. Louis team in Ottawa. So, obviously, there's some talented players on the roster. Brady to Chuck. To Chuck. He's not, he's not as spectacular as his brother has been with uh, Calgary Flames. Drake Batherson. Both of them leading the club and scoring pretty much 35 points for Tachuk and 34 for Batherson. Both of them more more assists and goals, which is fine. Josh Norris leads the club in goals with eight, but uh, 18, pardon me, but only eight assists. Thomas Jabot with 21 assists on the season. Eight power play assists. Impressive. And Tim Stutzel still developing, but at least 24 points in 45 games. At least there's something there to work with. Tyler Ennis has been hanging around. He's having an okay run. 
this turn he's not impressing anybody you'd think his numbers would be better here say the wild trade for him as he's one of those possibilities but he's probably bottom six coming here he's not gonna be a top 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 six uh center for minnesota chris Tierney, the former san jose shark only 14 points in 46 games of course he's not going to dominate on ottawa especially when things aren't so hot there um because obviously the better players you have around you the better numbers are going to be like zuccarillo wouldn't have 48 points with the ottawa senators probably not i i don't think so maybe 30 <laughs> something like that it'd still be respectable but it wouldn't be as great uh goaltending situation anton forsberg 2.88 goals against average with a shutout and a 9.15 save percentage. Matt Murray, 9.19 save percentage with a shutout. A little lower goals against average as well, but more snake bit. Only five wins on the season. Yikes. <laughs> what the heck, right? But it is what it is. Murray, uh, obviously, again, left with an undisclosed injury, so we'll see what happens. Minnesota should win comfortably, at least 4-2 to two in the game. Kirill Kaprizov will get maybe his 25th goal or something, depending on how things add up during the course of this week. But the way he's been playing, you know, two or three points a night. Like and it's just it's just a, it's just another day at the office for Colonel Kaprizov at this point. You don't even think about it now. Yeah, two or three points. You know, <laughs> that's unbelievable though when you put it together. In the past, we, you you just didn't think about that. Like wow, three points tonight. What a night for whoever it was, Parisi. You know, somebody like that, Jason Bombenville. You know, <laughs> Eric Halla. You know, guys like that. Kyle, need a writer. <laughs> But a 4-2 victory for Minnesota versus the Ottawa Senators. We wrap up the week with the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Toronto Maple Leafs, who we actually played really, really well against earlier this season. A 4-2 win went into the shootout. The Wild ended up surviving a very dangerous game against a very good team in Excel Energy Center. This one will be in Toronto, Ontario. Maybe the Wild do beat Edmonton and don't win this one because I don't like the Wild's chances in Toronto. It seems like we always lose there. Toronto has the number one power play in the National Hockey League, the sixth best penalty kill, so great special teams. They're really good about staying out of the box as well. Almost 200 less penalty minutes than Minnesota. Wrap your head around that. <laughs> That's insane. Uh, sixth in goals, fifth in goals against. Un, you know, Obviously, it's just a well-put-together roster. Adam Brooks, undisclosed injury as of Jan the 20th. It's undisclosed. Yes. 007. Okay, I gotta stop that. 3-2 and two has been Toronto. High-scoring hockey here. <laughs> February 1st, 7-1 to one demolition over New Jersey. Over uh, Tom Fitzgerald's club there. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes, they beat them also 4-3. They lose to Calgary because that's what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about right here. 5-2 to two versus Toronto. That's what I'm talking about. That was hockey night on Feb 10th. Yeah, Calgary-Toronto. Mm, it's, a, it's a cool matchup, but Right now, Calgary looks like a Stanley Cup champion team. Right now, not contender, champion. <laughs> Four to two, uh, five to two win there because they are just doing that to everybody lately. Five to two, six to. Didn't they just cr they crushed Vegas recently? Did Calgary? I mean, unbelievable. Um, Toronto also lost to Vancouver three to two. Just things just didn't work out that night, and then they crush them being Toronto crush. Seattle on Valentine's Day, 6-2. to 6-2, to two. so they're doing a play here. They've been off a couple days. So, we'll see what happens there. But I don't think the Wild win this game. They're only third place in the Atlantic. That's how good the Atlantic is, but everybody is on top of each other. So, like, 70 points, basically, 31-12. and 12. They're actually exactly as good as the Wild. They have just one more win. That's interesting. They just have played one more game, and it was a win. That's the only difference between Toronto and Minnesota, which is pretty crazy. It's a tough matchup, though, historically. 
Hopefully the Wild can keep it going. Jack Campbell has emerged very, very nicely in Toronto as he was a backup goalie. A lot of people saw him as, yeah, he's he's doing okay for Toronto now, but he's not the long-term solution. Well, he's the current solution, long-term or not. Four shutouts on the season, 2.38 goals against average, save percentage 92. He's the current solution. It's 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 working. Whatever it is, it's working. Jack Campbell's been wonderful for Toronto. Um, Bedrick Anderson has been absolutely wonderful for Carolina, the former Toronto number one goalie. Austin Matthews with 57 points on the year. Right around Kirill Kaprizov range with 32 goals on the season. Austin Matthews from Arizona, if I remember correctly. Isn't that cool? I, I love that. William Nylander, a lot of people hoped he'd wind up here in a trade, but what would you have to give up? A lot, and he's expensive. 45 goal points on the season, pardon me, in 46 games, 17 goals. John Tavares, pretty much the same stats exactly. In fact, they are, just one last game. Mitch Warner, who can who can really turn it up, but he missed time this year a bit. Only 37 games, but 43 points for him. Michael Bunting with 32 points. Morgan Riley with 40 points. Obviously a very talented overall roster. Wiley veteran Jason Spezza helping things out there. 17 points in 42 games. Uh, obviously just an, a very, very, very talented team. The Wild can absolutely win this game. We can beat them. No question about it. Could be 4-2 to two either way. I'm just kind of worried that we're not going to win. I'm going to I'm going to predict the Wild win in Edmonton. I'm going to change that and, the, and it's a 4-2 to two loss versus Toronto. Most of the guy to score in this game is going to be Marcus Foligno versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. Marcus Foligno. And the Wild uh, do not win in Florida, uh, Toronto though. 4-2, to 4-3 type of game. Maybe a shootout again, but Toronto gets the win. With that, let's look at the prospects. A... And let's go, as we usually do, opening things up with the Iowa Wild as they continue to play a little bit better. They, they've kind of been back and forth, 4-3 four to three win, 4-3 to three loss of late, including a 3-2 to two loss recently to the Rockford Ice Hogs. Ice Hogs, gotta like that. <laughs> Marco Rossi factoring on Brendan Miller's first goal. Graham Rosa continuing to get things done. He continues to ri uh, rack up the statistics, to rack up the numbers in... Iowa, Cramarosa, he's been having a bit, bit of a good run lately, as has Mitchell Schaffe, as he'd been fairly quiet, now he's at 17 points in 21 games, he had the hat-trick two weeks ago, 10 goals on the season, Marco Rossi's leading in goals and assists, which is wonderful, 14 goals, 24 assists, he's, he's kind of like the, you know, I, I don't know, he's kind of like the Zuccarello, you could say, or the Kaprizov of Iowa, maybe the Zuccarello at the end of the day, <laughs> at this point, but obviously been setting players up, He's clearly the best player on the team. Uh, he's leading in every. He's leading in everything basically, except penalty minutes, which is good. <laughs> he's a plus eleven to go along with that as well, which is tops on the club. Adam Beckman stuck at twenty three points. Kyle Rau, right at almost a point a game. Mason Shaw's having a strong season. Uh, hasn't factored the past couple of games, unfortunately. Neither has Kalen Addison, unfortunately. But uh, at least things are rolling in that direction. Hunter Jones, the backup. Now, uh, he's cemented as the backup now in, in the AHL, so good for him. 2.81. He has not been in net. It's been Zane McIntyre, who's been absolutely great. 2.24 goals against average. We signed him a few weeks back. That was kind of a sign that a trade could be happening, that we kind of wanted to give uh, Andrew Hammond a chance. A, tr a trade had to be on the way. And then again, Hunter Jones now getting what we believe would be somewhat regular action in the AHL. 
eventually he's going to be the main starter, I got to think, just like Kapo Kakadin was kind of like that, uh, though he was kind of back and forth with Hammond for quite a while as well. Dare we look briefly into Iowa, the Iowa Heartlanders, the other Iowa club. Chris Bennett, obviously, is just leading in everything, but he's 25 years of age, this and that. Bryce Misley, he got his third, I believe. Yep, he was able to score again recently as well. A few games back, he's at three goals in 14 games, has been Bryce Misley. Hovenov, three points in 12 games. So both of those guys not factoring too much in the scoring, unfortunately. Misley was a fourth-round pick. Hovenov, a second-round pick but only three points in 12 games, but at least he's in the AHL, and I don't know, I, I wish more could happen with him. I really do. It's, it's breaking my heart because I, I was a, such a fan, and he was kicking so much butt in the K, uh, the Q, pardon me, as we like to call it in the past. Um, it's It's been heartbreaking, to say the least. <sighs> Definitely heartbreaking, to say the least. Uh, Jesper Wallstedt, obviously, so we'll kind of go to some of the top prospects here, obviously. He's our main guy. Hunter Jones is the other one in the system right now. Of course, Lindbergh with, uh, got traded to the Pittsburgh organization back in the summer. Pardon me. Um, Jesper Wallstedt, generally speaking, has been excellent for the Swedish Hockey League. 1.95 goals against average, generally speaking. So, obviously, and he's 11-9 on the season. Save percentage of 91.8, so almost 92 points. Uh, 92%, pardon me, for Jesper Wallstedt. Uh, other guys like Marshall Warren. We'll kind of go from college and Euro back and forth. Nikita Nestorenko. Not sure what's happening here. <laughs> that was odd. So, we'll go back where we need to be here. Nikita Nestorenko. 20 points in 29 games for Boston College. 15 assists, so that's good, setting other players up. Marshall Warren, 16 points now, was able to get his fourth goal of the season. Now it's 16 total points, a career high, but not at a great uh, pace necessarily. He was at a faster pace last year, so we'll see what happens. And, of course, the plus minus is way down. I've talked about that before, because Boston College just isn't as good this year. Uh, Vladimir first off, yep, now he's finally, finally getting things going a bit. He had a multi-point game this past week. 19 points now, 9 goals, 10 assists in 29, uh, 26 games, pardon me, for the University of Connecticut. He's a junior at this stage. First off, stepping up a bit the past few weeks. Maybe you heard me kind of getting worried about him, so he stepped it up. Good for him. <laughs> Pavel Novak, 52 points in 39 games. Really happy to see what he's doing. That makes you feel absolutely great. Uh, love to see Pavel, Pavel Novak continuing to play as well as he has. Uh, I've been definitely a fan. He was actually Player of the Week this past week with uh, MNW Prospects, which is also known as Young Guns. Pavel Novak has been wonderful. Um, looks like he's projected to have an 87-point season in the WHL. Good for him. 87-point season. That's the projection for him, him being Pavel Novak. <laughs> really cool. Damon Hunt. This thing is not cooperating with what I'd like here. <laughs> okay, Damon Hunt, Moose Jaw Warriors, of course, also the WHL. We love that Western Hockey League. He's projected for 41 points in 54 games. That's pretty good when you put those together. 27 points thus far in 36 games for Damon Hunt. Of course, again, another one of those guys who's captain material, along with Ryan O'Rourke, who absolutely is captain material. He's been pretty much a captain everywhere he's gone, even at a young age in certain leagues. He's on pace for 49 points in the WHL this year in 57 games. And he 
He's now, yep, he's the captain of the Sioux Greyhounds with 29 points in 34 games thus far. It's unfortunate what happened with the U.S. club, though, unable to get into the goal. They got beat by Chechia, if I remember correctly, so that's always a bummer, <laughs> but good for Pavel Bonnet, of course. Jeez, uh, yeah, seems like he's <laughs> who's the Dinov, just no real progress going on right now with him, unfortunately, even though he has some great moments. Nate Benoit, always love that, the Benoit watch with his points and such. <laughs> it's entertaining, as he'll, he'll, he was at a point a week stretch, now he's still stuck at six, that's a bummer. He's projected for 10th, and he is on his way to the University of North Dakota next season. University of North Dakota, so we will have one of those guys again. That's where uh, Nate Benoit is heading. Josh Pilar, I'm kind of going backwards this week compared to previous weeks, kind of bouncing all over the place. Obviously a big fan of his. Still only one game with Saskatoon. I'm not sure what's going on there. Must have been injured, though, unfortunately. So that's unfortunate. Kyle Mostas, of course, a big fan of his. Moving forward, another good, solid defenseman in the grapevine, so to speak. But we're going to have to wait and see. He's on the right side for him. He's at 11 points on the season, and he's a plus 24, which is really, really good compared to what he's been in the past. Jack Pert, Jack Pert, and I skipped Caden Bank here. We'll get back to him. Caden Bank here. Jack Pert out there, obviously, having some wonderful days. Um, plus, uh, excuse me, he's, a, he's got 15 points on the season now at this stage in 22 games. Again, he'd missed a little bit of time, but when he's been out there, he's been so good. And he's had some up and down overall performances. He did play on the USA Under-20 club and scored. In the uh, in the only goal he was uh, game he was in with that, Katie and Bankier, and of course again Jack Pert has been wonderful wonderful freshman year so far for him, with the Saint Cloud State Huskies Bankier. Thirty nine points now for Kamloops, and he's yeah he was at a point a game clip earlier in the season, and that just kind of went away unfortunately. He was at a point a game last year in a very limited season due to the COVID protocol stuff, but obviously he's at a slower pace this year, which is frustrating. A couple of the guys that have slowed down this year. I bet Carson Lambos wrap things up with him. It feels like yeah, it feels like it's been a little bit of a frustrating year for him as well. Uh, obviously he's had some great moments, but you know, uh, he's, he's finally, yeah, he finally got some more points here. Now 24 points in 23 games, which is phenomenal for a defenseman, let's be fair. He's on pace for, well, what they're saying, projected for 54 points. 54 points in 51 games, so I can't complain too much about Carson Lambos. Like, when he's when he's healthy and ready to roll, he is an elite defenseman, offense and defense. He's got all kinds of potential to be a top, uh, top-pairing defenseman in the NHL. At the very least, an excellent second-pairing defenseman, but I, I think he's going to be the future uh, top-left-shot defenseman for Minnesota going forward. So, really exciting when you think about what Carson Lambos will bring long-term to Minnesota. Let's take a quick break and head into fan interaction now. back here on Brave the Wild segment number three. Time to get into fan interaction, which I always love to do. Hopefully I set it up correctly, because obviously last time or some of the times I'd ask a question I wouldn't even put hashtag VGWMN 
so I'd have to like redo it basically because I, I like to have things organized otherwise it's going to be a disaster looking for it so again at Brave the Wild is the Twitter account really appreciate all of you that have uh, retweeted this show over the course of time I mean it just means so much thank you like a lot of you did retweet it I'm going to check and see who that is real quick if I can because it should be mentioned. Yep, Vince Germano. Thank you so much. Steve Snyder retweeted it, and Derek Velska. Thank you guys so much. And I had Purple Mafia show do it as well. <laughs> Some kind of sometimes I have my shows help each other a little bit, if that's okay. And of course, I always try to mention all of you that were in the uh, the questions and comments and such because it really means a lot. I was saying on this day, I was sharing this last week. On this day in NHL history, 1966, the original six becomes 12 as franchises are granted to Los Angeles, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, St. Louis, Minneapolis, and San Francisco. That would be the Seals, of course, the Golden Seals, which ultimately, in an indirect, weird, crazy, uh, Star Trek-like, you know, like, you know, I don't even know how to explain it, where it would, like, change shape and then turn into something else became the San Jose Sharks. And how did they do it? They did it by <laughs> the Golden Seals when they moved to Cleveland. And the Cleveland Barons merged with the Minnesota North Stars in the late 70s. And the Minnesota North Stars uh, had like a big part of their team kind of like, uh, what, what do they call that? Like I don't even know what the scientific term, term is now. I don't know if it's metamorphosis or what the heck it is. But like a big piece comes out, like a drop, like a big drop of water, basically, and goes to San Jose to help form the Sharks. So go figure, somehow, some way, the Golden Seals always were the San Jose Sharks, and the San Jose Sharks always have been the Golden Seals. Isn't that cool? <laughs> yeah, thought, I thought you'd like that. Minneapolis, though. What do you mean Minneapolis? You mean Bloomington, right? That's where the North Stars wound up playing. Of course, the Kings are still there. Philadelphia is still there. St. Louis is still there. And the Seals, whatever, that was a very interesting trip through history. And the Pittsburgh Penguins are still there, of course. But a very interesting trip through history. They had the most interesting route of uh, going all over the place to ultimately become the San Jose Sharks. But that franchise is not officially listed as back in 1966. It is to 1992 with Les Sharks. No, 91, pardon me, 91. 91, okay. So, yeah, that's when the guns... The guns, like, took the team and moved them to San Antonio, uh, San Antonio, San Jose. They took a big chunk of the team and went to San Jose. The guns owned Cleveland Barons. Think about it. Cleveland Barons were the uh, Golden Seals. Yeah, it's just fascinating. And nobody liked it or retweeted it. Nobody cared. What the heck, guys? Come on, that's mean. That hurt my feelings. Okay, and then we had the collaboration show, which, of course, I'm uh, working together with Locked On, Soda Pod, Minnesota Sports Chat, Sound the Foghorn, Judd's Buds, M MNCAA, which is also part of the Soda Pod. We're all kind of collaborating with the Soda Pod. We're all taking little clips of our shows and putting them, you know, we're sending them into the Soda Pod. They merge them all together to make one show, which is kind of cool. So it's like little five-ish five minute clips that uh, all kind of merge together to form Minnesota Sports Collaboration Show, which is, you know, again, through the Soda Pod feed. And then we also re, uh, we also pump it through our uh, feed as well, like the Brave the Wild feed. I pump it through as well. So that way we all kind of expose each other in a positive light. At least I would hope so. Maybe people hear mine. What, mine's dead last all the time, which is fine. I'm just kind of joking about it. I think it's funny. I'm dead last. Yeah, maybe I'm the least popular. Maybe I have the worst sound. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just the worst host. I don't know where I'm the least popular. I have no idea, but that's fine. Maybe they're just saving the best for last. Maybe that's the real reason because, you know, 
you know, I mean, it's, come on, nudge, nudge here. Okay, I'll shut up. I was uh, getting out the question here. I'm going to try to do these from time to time because I would, let's just say I was told it was a good idea when I had the Dumba Fiala question out there. That was a phenomenon. That was really cool. And I'm going to try to get those out there more often if I can, like a question of the week that hopefully generates a good amount of conversation and can help make the show a little better. Um, Matt Bull, I was saying, Matt Boldy is starting to remind me of Danny Heatley, and I'm talking the real one before he got here. Crazy or uh, crazy or realistic comparison? Question mark. And I only got one response, but I got retweets, which was a greatly appreciated by those of you that did. God Sex Sin, Sebastian Barton from Mankato, says, probably a good comparison, but let's see how he does as teams account for him. Yep, because you know how they, yeah, they adjust, just like with Kaprizov. They adjusted, in that, especially in that Vegas series. Uh, the future is insanely bright for the Minnesota Wild. Absolutely. Thank you, Sebastian. At least, yep, at least I got some, somebody on there, and thank you for that. Derek says, got a question that's keeping you up at night? Ask Brave the Wild. Just tag it, hashtag BTWMN, and ask as many as you please. Thank you again, Derek, always. And I do mean that sincerely. Derek says, prospect winner, winger Adam Beckman has kind of flattened. Yes, he has. Statistically flatlined, pardon me. Statistically speaking, the last two months. Should fans and the Minnesota Wild be concerned about that? Does that vindicate the team for not giving him a roster spot out of training camp? I think you're correct, yeah. I, I think it's probably the it was probably the right thing to do. He was on a nice run. I mean, may, maybe you never know, but I'm guessing if he's going to, if he's going to flatline, as you put it, which is an accurate statement, he would have definitely flatlined here as well. Um, so I think it's okay. Let him develop, you know, because let's just say Kalen Addison flatlined a bit last year, didn't he? So, you know, and, and it's okay, as they say, just like the turkey breast in the oven right now that I'm looking at, uh, let him cook for, you know, yeah, like let him cook in the AHL for a little bit, you know, before obviously he'd be too raw, so to speak. <laughs> yep, just like, uh, you know, just like our fav favorite defenseman, Kalen Addison, who has all the potential in the world. Derek Felska continues, Super Bowl commercials get a lot of hype and attention. What is the best hockey commercial you've seen? Oh, man. Anything retro? Any anything retro-based where you see old, old highlights? I, I, I don't have a, a distinct commercial at the top of my head, but I remember, it was it just, was it last year, two years ago, they had one that had all these retro stars like Lemieux and Gretzky and all that, I mean, like holding up the cup and such. It's usually stuff like that. Like, it's the cup. Maybe that's what it is. Where you get to see all these past champions, even though Lemieux caused us a bit of heartbreak in 1991 a bit, when the North Stars looked like they might win that thing. And then they just got crushed three games in a row, which was... Not fun. It was not fun at all. We were up two games to one in that series, folks. Yes, we were. Continuing, Derek Felska says, should the Minnesota Wild include more chiptunes, chiptunes, as part of its in-game arena music? If so, what chiptunes would you suggest they play? I, I love it. At first, I was like, wait a minute, what's a chiptune? And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, for some of you wondering what the heck that might be, it's uh, basically like parts of a, a, a like video game soundtracks, 8-bit music, like, say, Pac-Man, you know, I think you could kind of have a wide, a wide variety of things, you know, even like a centipede, a, the Spy Hunter song, I think it'd be cool. Like, that one would be a really good one right before a face-off. The Spy Hunter. Okay, sorry. 
<laughs> and I could have probably got it going on the phone here get some get some audio but uh, you get the idea that one's really good I think during like a stoppage of play so spy hunter is way at the top as far as I'm concerned uh, why not ice hockey that would be another good one like the one you're going to hear in a, uh, in a minute as we head into or no that one you heard heading into this <laughs> into the segment the ice hockey but uh, the you know the the classic theme song of ice hockey when the game's actually going on um that one's good before a face-off. Stoppage of play, Spy Hunter. Maybe even before a face-off. Uh, and at times when they're maybe, they're maybe mentioning like people's assists and such, you could add like the one-up sound or the coin. Maybe the one-up for uh, every time somebody scores a goal or whatever. When you're, uh, when you're talking about the assists, have like the one-up sound effect from Super Mario Brothers, the original, or even Mario 3, whichever. Um, I think it sounds good, but uh, Spy Hunter, absolutely way, way, way at the top, I believe. Um, KFAN girl, Jody Halvey, welcome back to the show. She says, why do we get whistled for so many penalties? Sometimes it's lack of uh, discipline, unfortunately. Lack of discipline. Yeah, but chip tunes, apparently, it's from, like, way back, like the early, like, late 70s, early 80s. The, as they call it, the golden age of video games, like the Pac-Mans, the Centipedes, Spy Hunter and such. So, yeah, so luckily kind of came up with that one. I think those are good choices. But it, it's mostly lack of discipline, and I think the lack of discipline has caused a bad reputation. You know how when guys get bad reputations, they get whistled more often and such. So that's a, it's a bit of that, which is a pain in the butt. It's extremely frustrating, and sometimes it does feel like Minnesota's cursed when it comes to, you know, calls and such. And I felt bad for Cincinnati last week as well in the Super Bowl a bit late down the stretch. Though, of course, T. Higgins did have a face mask on a guy I'm not a big fan of lately, uh, Jalen Ramsey. I'll continue. Um, Derek Felska says, Did the Minnesota Whale give Andrew Hammond away for too little to Montreal? Because even though he's not a big part of Minnesota's plans, he certainly could have helped Iowa. Uh, a little bit. Like, I really like Andrew Hammond. I mean, I love Andrew Hammond, and he was so good, and he was helping Iowa. The only logical reason I could come up with is to get more time for Hunter Jones in the AHL, to get him kind of going, because I do think the ECHL is killing him. That's the that's the number one reason, I believe, they, they made that move. And unfortunately, uh, Andrew Hammond's in his 30s, and yeah, it, it did feel like we just kind of gave him away, though, kind of for a 26-year-old minor leaguer, you know, like, who's that again? You know, <laughs> that type of deal. So... I, I do think it's just Hunter Jones. It's basically freeing up space for Hunter Jones. That's my belief, and it sure feels that way. Uh, Ryan, Brian Herrera. I almost called him Ryan. I'm sorry, Brian. And again, congratulations once again on the next uh, on the next of kin there. Uh, if the Wild started a metal band, who would you have on bass, drums, guitars, and vocals? Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm not that good at this. But there would be Journey, let's say. I think Journey would be the vocals, the, the lead singer of Journey. There'd be a lot of Journey involved. I just, yeah, I like Journey when it comes to rock and roll. Or Europe. Oh, man. See, like, I'm not good about the bass, drums, guitars. Uh, Ringo. Ringo Starr on the drums, right? <laughs> That's getting back too far, probably. That's not a metal band. No, it's not a metal band. Uh, my knowledge is not that good, I'm going to admit. It's not. I like, I'm like, I hear the music and I like it, but my knowledge of certain, like, artists, like, who's better than who when it comes to, like, drums and all that, I'm not as good. I deeply apologize. <laughs> so hopefully you don't hate me for that one. Uh, Brian Herrera shared uh, Brad Ratkin's uh, 
tweet here. Thank you very much, Brian, for that. Uh, Minnesota Whale, the top contender for winning the Stanley Cup, are only among the best of the rest of the af- after the top contenders. I think we're a top contender. Uh, well, it's like we're kind of on the border. It's kind of up to us at this point. We're kind of on the border, which might sound like a lame answer. Like, are you even answering my question? I do think we're a potential top five team. Top ten, absolutely. I do think we're a potential top five team, though. Obviously, when you have guys like Kaprizov and, and uh, 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 just the attitude in the room. So I'm going to lean towards we are top five for that. That doesn't make us, you know, like obviously the favorite to win it. But we're maybe the fifth or sixth team for that. Uh, thank you, Brad. Jay Bushy says, so far liking the 50-50 goalie split in games. Me too. Me too, Jay. Uh, I think this has to continue. So they're both not overworked during the second half. My thoughts are 100%. 100% agreement. Yep, I've been I've been crying for that. I've been crying out for that. Keep it coming. Keep it coming, Coach Dean Everson. Don't do the Devin Dubnik deal like we did in the past with Boudreaux and Mike Yo. Devin Dubnik would always drop off at the end of the year, and it would always be somebody else's fault. Well, it could have been the coach's fault, too. Ty Sandstrom comes back. Great to hear from you, Ty. He says, do you think the NHL might soon do away with the... Yep, this is an interesting one. Trapezoid. It seems like a tired rule that has outlived its intended effect. I'd like to see goalies be able to play the puck freely and reopen a different aspect of the game. Yep, I mean, I, I, I agree with that. I do. And Brian was kind of saying something that makes sense, too. He was saying, I think it should stay but be changed. Make, a, make it a goalie no-hit zone. If the goalie plays the puck inside the trap, he's fair game. Or outside the trap, he's fair game. That's an interesting one, yeah. That's an interesting deal. Uh, I, I think that's a... Yep, I, I think that's an interesting idea. So I, I, I don't disagree with either of you on that one. Um, anything to help the game is a good thing where we don't have too many rules, too many uh, restrictions and such, which can hurt the game at times. <laughs> Some people would even say, get rid of offsides, but I don't know, then there be there could potentially be a lot of cherry picking. That's what people are afraid of. Um, oh, looks like Brian and Derek uh, saved the say, uh, shared the same one, and then we get one more from Brad Ratkin to wrap this up. Bigger need for Wild in the playoffs. More physical players are number one center. Number one center. I think we have a good number of physical players. Obviously, number one center is the number one thing in the league, pretty much, other than a number one goaltender. Number one, number one, number one, right? <laughs> yep, uh, we have physical players, and we kind of went that way before. And if we did get a physical player, let's not give up a first-round pick like we did with uh, Chuck Fletcher in the past with Hansel, who just that just killed that team. It was so depressing. Of course, it was a fragile locker room to begin with at the time. But uh, number one center, if humanly possible. But that's the other side of it. Do you want to give up the farm? Of course, we do have an overstock of defensemen in the system. With that said, thank you guys so much for your inclusion on the show. Really, 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 really appreciate it. And I'll make sure you're mentioned in the show description and in the tweet. Really appreciate you guys. It means all so much. I really appreciate the advice behind the scenes, too, from uh, guys like Derek. Uh, really appreciate you. Um, MNW Prospects, major shout-out, of course. Young Guns. I'm proud to be a part of it, as well. Pavel Bennett, Brandon Quast, Justin Bakke of the Sound of Vaughan podcast. Thank you guys so much for... Uh, having me be a part of such an amazing uh, website with uh, talking about the prospects. And, and Derek does a great job talking about the prospects as well. In fact, he's been doing crease and assists for about 17 years now, right? It's, it's got to be 17 now. Uh, he is just unreal with the information about uh, the prospects and uh, the game and such, and honest opinion and this and that. No fanboys allowed, basically, which is a good thing. I try to not be a fanboy either. 
uh, this and that. But I uh, really appreciate what you guys do with MW Prospects. And of course, Derek Fels got at Crease and Assist. Just does an amazing job. Major shout out to Minnesota Wild Global, Scott Cavendish, who got that thing started. Chance Costick, David Costick, Kathy Main, David Abraham. Really appreciate you. Uh, Chad Walski, of course. How could I forget? Chad Walski's an awesome guy. Uh, Michael Fick. I believe there's another message. Nope, that one's a... Uh, oh, oh. Were you, were you comparing their... Yes, a bit. Yep, he was asking me... Uh, Derek was asking me about, uh, about uh, the Heatley and... Yep, mostly yep, about Heatley and... Matt Boldy, yep, the kind of their, it's kind of a combination of things, like their size, their presence on the ice, uh, release on the puck, I, I just, I might be ignorant about it, but I, I can see potential there, and even like, you know, point totals, it's kind of a bit of everything with that, uh, shout out to Minnesota Wild Nation as well, always appreciate that page, they do a great job, uh, Patrick Turner, he does a great job with his threads there as well, um, with that said, I should mention the Vigit application, Vigit, V-I-G-I-T. It's two separate words. It is basically fantasy betting. Uh, so when you have the app for Apple or Android devices, it could be social media for sports bettors. You can post about your picks, see what others are saying about games. Vigit Betting League is a month-long betting competition to see who the best sports better is over the course of a month. Free to play sports, but bet-free coins win real prizes. So, yeah, don't even use real money, but win real prizes. What do you think of that? Betting stats. There's great information available on the Vigit bike line movement where the public is betting. Again, this is not real money wagering. Get on crypto.com as well. Really appreciate that. I have a link in the show description. It'll show that I referred you. That'll help the show, and you'll get $25 put in your account. Uh, other thing to make a note of, please do call into the show sometime. Audio submission. Open your smart device. Every smart device on the planet has a free voice recording application on it. Just open it up. Press record. Start talking. And then when you stop, save it and share it to share it slash email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. I would then convert it into a MB3 file thanks to zumzar.com. Really appreciate that website, what they do. It starts with a Z, zumzar. And final thing, please write a positive rating on Apple Podcasts, Audacity. No, not, not Audacity, Audible. You can do it on uh Yep, Apple Podcast, Audible, Stitcher, and apparently Spotify. You can also at least have a star rating. So those of you that have done it, really appreciate it. Anyone in the future, please do as well. With that, thank you once and always. Have a wonderful week. Go wild. Keep kicking butt.